0: be happening via Zoom. so if you're listening where you're listening go on to my youtube page at youtube.com backslash paul f comedy and watch the fun if you haven't already subscribe review tell your friends thank you again all of you for making uh singles only podcast uh the best podcast of 2020 in the chicago reader that is warming my heart still to this day um uh, but let's just get into it you guys already know our sponsors always always support them by now, you know that I'm a lawyer, right? Everyone does. And uh, I I don't really practice anymore, although I still have a license. Um, But when I need a lawyer, um, and I do often need a lawyer, um, I contact my friend, Scott Shapiro. Um, If you're injured uh, on the job or need compensation, you're entitled to payment for more than you know. A lot of times, Companies will try to settle with you so you don't get a lawyer because they don't want you to know all the monies you're entitled to. Uh, Scott Shapiro has been uh, helping injured workers for over 20 years. In addition, his firm handles multiple other cases, including uh, personal injury cases and entertainment law issues. He has handled a lot of uh, my entertainment stuff as well as those of uh, guests on the show and listeners. So you need a lawyer, sure, you can consult me, but uh, if you want a free consultation from the best, uh, don't take any chances. Contact my friend, Scott Shapiro. His number, 312-648-8800, or check out his website, scottshapirolegal.com. There are other Scott Shapiros. Make sure you call the right one, 312-648-8800, or scottshapirolegal.com. Tell him I sent you and he will be very happy. We're going to get into the episode. This episode, we have a very special guest. Uh, I'm excited to talk to her. She's a creator and host of the Game Show of Love. Start clapping right now or making noise at your own desk or your car for Emma Mankey hydem There you are. Hello. Yeah, you, I, I forced you to duck there too low, huh? <laughs> oh, how are you, Emma?
1: I'm great. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks for doing it. So now you have the game show of love. uh, So you are connecting other people, uh, essentially. And yet you have not been able to connect yourself.
1: Yeah, Um, I I started the game show during the pandemic. And I haven't honestly put a lot of effort into dating during the pandemic. Because it just didn't necessarily feel like something worth the effort. Um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the apps, so... And, well, I'm a you know fan of the apps um i find them to be very inefficient and as a woman sometimes a bit traumatic you okay. know like unsolicited dick pics and such sure. um yeah. and so i yeah I've, I've managed to stay off the apps for several years and um i kind of have a rule about not dating anybody from my show um i mean well like and that may change as time goes on um but you know, it's like I'm in the kind of like a power position and I also don't want to poach my own contestants. (laughs) So that's, you know, even though I do now have this sort of massive pool of single people to theoretically pull from, I feel like I'm kind of trying to stay away from uh, doing that.
0: That is interesting. But what I mean, as far as the rule, now that the game's been going on for quite some time, there has to be like a 90 day rule if like you reach back out to somebody.
1: Yeah, certainly um, I would consider dating a past contestant. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, I just got to let some time pass and uh, wait till that power dynamic sort of shifts, I guess.
0: Sure, sure. Um, yeah, that's interesting. It's kind of like uh, employ, you, you did employ them to be on the show technically, so leave it. but anyway, yeah. we won't get into that. So you, um, you didn't date during the pandemic and you're not a fan of the apps. What are the ways that you are meeting people then when you were meeting people?
1: I mean, I guess I've been pretty lucky in the past several years, I've been able to meet people in person. So, you know, at a party or through friends, obviously during the pandemic, that's not so much an option, Um, but like even actually like I uh, did date somebody briefly during the pandemic who I met at a friend's like small outdoor birthday gathering. So, you know, it still has been a little bit possible to meet people in person. And I'm a big proponent of that when possible. I know it can be hard, Um, but I think it's like you get a sense of your chemistry a little bit right away. You don't have to have all these text conversations and then meet in person to find out that, oh, actually like we're not compatible at all. So whenever possible, I, I have been trying to meet, just meet people naturally in person.
0: Did you do any of the Zoom dating during the pandemic too? Like where you went on a Zoom date with somebody? Yeah, I
1: uh, right before the pandemic, uh, right before the lockdown, I was seeing somebody, and we'd only been on a couple of dates, but uh, we did try to do the Zoom dating thing for a while during the lockdown. The problem was he worked in retail, and so as the pandemic dragged on, and I felt like I still couldn't see him in person, eventually we kind of just called it because it was like, well, we're not going to like basically date long distance for what's going on you know, now over yeah. a year. So yeah, unfortunately I did try the Zoom dating thing, but with the no end in sight, we ended up ending it. What about now? Um, Now I've been- I mean,
0: why can't you reconnect now that it's over technically?
1: Well, I mean, I I don't know, maybe when I'm fully vaccinated, we'll see. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, I think until then it's, it's still kind of a moot point for me also because I have roommates and so it's also not just about me because if it were just about me, honestly, I might have taken the risk, um, but it sure. was, it's also about roommates and, and so you know I still have to take, keep them in account, even if I'm vaccinated and stuff so
0: yeah. Um, you, so you mentioned that you like that you, that you find out if there's instant chemistry when you do it in real life versus uh, on the apps. And I agree with that. I think that in the, in the old days, that was definitely how things work. But I think for the apps, they do provide one cool thing where, uh, especially like Hinge and some of the ones where you have all their information that three or four dates in like something crazy doesn't come out of the left field. So like, for example, if you're into politics uh, or anti-racism, something won't pop up Whereas like if you have like their idea of their certain background and all their information, their wants, desires, uh, or even like with drugs, if something that's something important to you. Um, So there is that to be said that, you know, you might not find out about chemistry, but you know, at least like you haven't invested in someone mentally and physically. And then all of a sudden find out, oh, you're a skinhead.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's true. Although I will say, like, I used to love the apps. Like, when OKCupid, before the swiping apps took over, OKCupid in particular was fantastic. They had all those questions. You could weed out red flags immediately, you know, like, oh, like, I don't want kids. Does that person want kids? I don't typically date smokers. Does that person smoke? Um, And then, you know, there's, like, the compatibility quiz, and they people used to write a lot more. But I found even on, like, and I mean, I haven't been on Hinge, but from what I've seen on other people's profiles, you know, to weed that stuff out that does rely on people saying that and things like drugs or even sometimes politics are not there might avoid yeah. putting that on there in DC people are pretty political so they probably won't avoid it but I have even heard of like Trump supporters in the area not putting that on their profile because this area is so traditionally liberal and I know I've heard they've been kind of struggling to find people so like they may be omitting that too so you know you are still relying on them to actually put that information on there. and. Um, yeah, I mean, like it used to be so efficient, but then like with the way the swiping apps went and people writing less and less about themselves, it's just like, it's just not as efficient anymore.
0: Well, the thing is, is, well, first of all, don't they have a Trump app now? Like-
1: (laughs) I think so, yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and I do think that people lie about that too. They all say if they are uh, liberal or they are conservative, they just put moderate depending on what state you're in. Yeah,
1: Um, yeah.
0: And I, I, you know, it's kind of funny that I actually had moderate on there because I feel like I am. And mm-hmm. uh, and people were like, oh, so are you a, like when I was on the road, people are like, oh, so you a Trump supporter? I'm like, no, <laughs> actually not. But anyway, um, I do think that, the, I, see, I wasn't on the apps until they had the swiping thing, mm-hmm. um, the feature. And I think that there was like this negative connotation with the apps for so long, but now it's like, I think, especially with the pandemic, they got a huge boost, I think. yeah. Um, with that being the primary way people have met. So I think it's hard for people that are anti apps now to at least use it partially
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know a ton of people who got back on reluctantly because it was just the only way to meet people. It's part of what made me decide to do the show is because, like, in the beginning of the pandemic, all my client work got canceled. And then I was, like, trying to figure out what to do. And so many people were like, "Uh, I don't want to get back on the apps, but, like, I still want to date. Like, how am I going to meet new people? And that's part of how I came up with the idea for the show, because, like, I also did not want to get back on the apps. And I know, like, a lot of people did, but, like, half-heartedly. Um, And even, you know, it's interesting because before the pandemic, app adoption was actually going down or at least slowing down. And so like this had, the people were like fatigued about them. Sure. it's kind of like, you know, reinvigorated them. But I think people are getting fatigued again, especially as this has been dragging on for a year. Um, So, you know.
0: Oh, I didn't know that their numbers were down before the pandemic. Maybe they created this whole thing. That's a a The new conspiracy theory. (laughs) <laughs> All we know it's man-made now. They're saying, but anyway,
1: um,
0: that, so you, but you came up with this idea, but you can't really insert yourself into the show, can you?
1: I, I've had people tell me that I should, that I should go on as a contestant. You have
0: someone co-produce it or, or run it for the one you are.
1: Yeah, I, again, it kind of comes back to that power dynamic because I'm still the one like people are applying to. I'm still the one interviewing people. I'm still the one making the casting decisions, and so. I don't know I don't want people being like oh Emma handpicked these people for herself you know or yeah, whatever and some people have been like whatever so what like you work hard on the show even if you did that who we care but like I care yeah. um and you know I just I don't know I don't I don't feel the need I'm not like that uh intensely into dating right now so I'm kind of like cool just being single <laughs> but you
0: are kind of like handpicking people anyway for other people mm-hmm. try to help them find the right match you're not going to put a bunch of contestants on that are not you know, unless they're saying that you're going to save the best for your episode or something like that, I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what I would be worried about. I'm saying. But yeah, and, and certainly I try to make sure that people are compatible, that people have interests in common and, you know, that I'm not putting on like one Trump supporter with five very yeah. liberals, although that has happened because maybe they haven't been vocal about the fact that they are Trump supporters. But I think it's so but. funny that that's the go-to
0: now for compatibility uh, mm-hmm. because we're so divided. But like and I've talked about this on the podcast before, my, my fans are probably tired of hearing, but my parents are on opposite spectrums. Like oh. they're gonna be further politically apart. They're together for 54 years now. So there is that possibility where, I mean, I think tr- with Trump, you have a different dynamic, but uh, I-, I think it's funny that that's like the thing that drives us apart. Um, For you, what are your, I mean, you said smoking, but like, what are the other things that are like deal breakers for you when you do start
1: dating? Um, I mean, to be honest, I would not be able to date a Trump supporter personally. Um, And so that would be a deal breaker. Um, You know, if somebody's racist or uh, sexist, those are big ones for me. I mean, that kind of is why I would never (laughs) date a Trump supporter.
0: Um, I think that makes sense, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, I I, I prefer not to date smokers. Um, Somebody who doesn't like dogs. I have two dogs, so that would be kind of a problem. Um, You know, other than that, I can't think of any overt ones offhand, but uh, yeah.
0: Well, when was the last time you said you were dating someone during the beginning of the pandemic? When was the last time you were in a serious relationship?
1: Oh, in a serious relationship?
0: Something like monogamous or whatever you call serious, whatever you entitle to yeah. serious.
1: I mean, a serious relationship. I think my last year's relationship ended in August before the pandemic oh, okay. started. Well, how what long was that? How long did that it, relationship last? That was like a year and a half. Oh, that's a which, Something like that. Yeah, yeah. But it, it ended very badly. And so I definitely was like, I'm good with dating for a while. <laughs>
0: what do you mean? Can you tell us a little bit why it ended badly?
1: I mean, he, he cheated on me, so. <laughs> Uh, there's that but
0: yeah do you um do you uh want to get married and have kids and traditional or one or the other
1: um I'm not super traditional I don't want kids although I'm like open to the idea of like maybe adopting kids far in the future or something like that um marriage I could go either way like I would be happy to get married I would be happy to not get married I just I do want like a partner you know like a, a monogamous partner but um I, what that looks like doesn't matter so much to me like the paperwork doesn't matter so much to me okay okay so that seems
0: uh, so if you're not if you're not having kids then there's really you know you can stay single as long as you want
1: yeah i feel like if i was if i got serious with a partner basically we'd end up like assessing the tax benefits of it and if it was like right. beneficial financially to get married then we would and if not then we wouldn't and you know whatever is one and a half
0: years the longest relationship you've been in?
1: No, I was in a, well, off and on seven year relationship in my twenties. So okay. we broke up a couple of times cause we were long distance for parts of it. Um, but that's actually what ended up kind of bringing me to DC. I was living in New York city before that and he was living in Pennsylvania and then he got offered a job here. And I had had some friends who had like a fair amount of success in the video production community here. So I came down here and gave it a shot. I said, I gave it like three months. I sublet my apartment in New York for three months. And I was like, if I don't have a job in DC in three months, then I'll come back. But I got a job in DC within a couple of weeks of being here. And I've been here now for over a decade. And what happened to that
0: guy? Are you still in touch with him?
1: Um, We do share custody of our two dogs. So to that extent, I am in touch with him. Um, But he also cheated on me. I've I've had some bad luck in that arena. So that also didn't end the best. (laughs)
0: Okay. Well, what do you think of this fact that um, you have a, at least a somewhat pattern of cheating in your relationships? Do you think that it's possible that the traditional
1: monogamous relationship is dead? I kind of do. Um, and I have, I've experimented with polyamory off and on, and I'm also not opposed to that as like a future relationship structure. I just do still want like a primary partner, like, sure. you know, somebody who's like my person and I'm their priority no matter what um but I'm open to polyamory and it's something that I've experimented with a little bit in the past I think you have to be so good at communication and so like in the past when I experimented with it the first time it didn't go very well because we were all new to it we didn't have that like communication background but then like the second time I experimented with it the um, main person that I was seeing had much more experience was so good at communication and I learned like so much even just about any relationship yeah. um, because he was just such a good communicator so good at checking in so good at setting expectations um, yeah and I, I learned a lot from that so I, I think I don't want to say monogamy is dead but I think that you know so many people cheat anyway that it's like well why don't we just be honest about it and open right. about it I,
0: I think that I, I kind of like go back and forth you know because I, I think polyamory sounds great on paper um, but I also think it's kind of weird to like be so vocal about what you're doing. It's almost like throwing it in someone's face. And I don't know if my ego can necessarily handle that, but I also know that monogamy doesn't work. Um, and then there's a book Sex at Dawn, which I talk about a lot where they say that it's not natural. Um, and that's mm-hmm. why we put all this un, undue pressure on a monogamous traditional marriage and it's never gonna work. And there's so much shame in you know, divorce and, and, and uh, all that whether it's religious shame or whatever. Yeah. And I think it's just, there's gotta be some balance. Like I always think of like polyamory is like a good answer, but then we've had guests who are polyamory and they say, oh yeah, so you tell them, you ask them about their dates. And, and I'm like, well, I don't wanna hear about that. I do think it's cool that, you know, I expect, I think, cause I've been cheated on too. And I feel like now when I go into relationships, I just assume it's happening. And when you go with <laughs> that level of- uh, if you go with that, go into with that, it's like, okay, you know, that you're, this person cares about you, but they also have uh, needs, whether it's physical or mental or whatever that they have to fulfill. And you just have to hope it doesn't yeah. end in shame or, or disappointment.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think that's really true. You know, we have, Set these like Disney level expectations that like one person can be everything to you. And that's just an unreasonable expectation to put on anybody in your life. And so, like one of the things I like about polyamory is you can get your different needs met by different people. And the other thing is, you know, you can structure it however you want to. So you could be polyamorous and just say, I don't really want to hear about your other partners. Yes. Um, you know, and that is an option. I think a lot of people have been trying to lean more toward like being open about it, but just because sometimes what you don't know can also create jealousy. Um, But you know, it really like the cool thing about it is it's like up to every individual um, couple or throuple or whatever your relationship structure is to decide your own rules. And that's like the really cool thing. It also does make it a lot more complicated and you have to communicate a lot better. And then the other interesting thing is that I've heard statistics that say that polyamorous people are just as likely to break the rules of their relationships as monogamous people. And I don't know, like I can't, I wish I had like the article or whatever to back that up. But I thought that was interesting when I read it because you know I think it's like people just are inclined to like do what they want regardless of the rules. Yeah,
0: there's a sense of entitlement that like even when there are rules, you're gonna break them. That's interesting. And I didn't know that you can do it. I mean, I guess it makes sense uh, that you can just do it with a non don't ask don't tell policy which i think is the way to go Um,
1: yeah the problem like so the very first time i ever did experiment with polyamory the problem was one person was like i want to meet your other partners and the other partner was like i want to do the don't ask don't tell thing and so like that was in conflict and so that didn't work you know um but and that's where it gets difficult
0: is there a term for it i just came up with don't ask don't tell is that is that Traditionally, I, the there poly.
1: might be, but I, there's so many
0: I don't like, know what terms
1: around the poly relationship structures. There's like relationship anarchy, um, ethical non monogamy, ethical what you're, you know, there's just so yeah. many different terms and stuff that like it can sometimes be hard to keep track. And I find myself still asking people um because i'm in like a poly facebook group or two even just to learn about it and to promote sure. the show we're, we're probably gonna have a poly episode soon, which is exciting um but yeah there's like all the time i'm like wait what does this term mean all the time
0: <laughs> yeah it's interesting like i feel like that's kind of what i do generally but i just don't have a word for it because i'll mm-hmm. date but then I also it's not like I'm seeking other dates it's just kind of like the way it works uh where you're as a traveling comedian or someone we were traveling mm-hmm. it was just like oh like I always joke about it on the show it's like I want to have a girlfriend like in every state it'll be cool and it's not just for like you know physical it's just to have someone in town to eat with after a show
1: yeah yeah
0: And, and it's kind of funny because the reason why I want to do that is because I don't want to feel that guilt of like, cause you said it before, it's like, we're all, even people that have the traditional marriages that are like, oh, you know, I haven't cheated on my spouse. I feel like you are, uh, if you have like a work husband or whatever, they're fulfilling a need that your you know, whatever your overworking spouse doesn't fulfill. And, Mm -hmm. um. I just feel like it's something that happens no matter what. And if you watch it in TV and, and, you know, I was watching a movie last night, my idiot brother with Paul Rudd, it's like from 2011, but like his, his uh, sister in the show cheats on her significant other. And it's like, all, they, they already know that it's going to happen. It's like, wh- why can't we just accept that? Why can't we just mm-hmm. somehow make it? So it's not a deal breaker. Like it was for you in these, past relationships
1: yeah uh and you know so there's there's the open relationship structure which i think is kind of more that where it's like we're together we do our own thing separately you know and um that works for a lot of people too so there's a lot of different options which is the nice thing about polyamory but yeah and the, the funny thing too is like the second relationship that i got cheated in the most recent one we had discussed being non-monogamous for okay. various reasons and like he was the one who was like "Mm, I don't think I'm like ready for that and then he was the one who cheated and he came to me and was like hey like guess what I met this girl and he was like excited about it and I was like okay except like we specifically decided like he thought that like even though we had landed on not being polyamorous that I would just be like okay with him reintroducing this idea without like asking me wait you found out about it from him oh yeah no he came like immediately from her place to my place granted i also like kind of knew because he okay. was being like weird and avoided the night before and he was supposed to come over to my place and then he was like i'm just gonna crash here and i was like this feels fishy with the way he's like not responding to me and so then he messaged me in the morning and he was like hey can i come over and we can talk and basically he you know he like slept with this girl um and he was like he thought that he had like found a solution to some of our relationship problems by like bringing this other girl into the mix. And I was like, okay, that would have been okay if we had decided that that was the thing, but you literally were the person who, you know, said that you didn't want this. And that was where we had landed. So this is like a betrayal of my trust now, you know?
0: So it was, it's basically, he didn't want you to be in an open relationship. When you got. I I
1: don't really know what his logic was behind it. you know, I mean, to, to be perfectly honest, the difference, like the big thing was just like differing sex drives. Right. And like, particularly in the winter, I tend to maybe have a little bit lower sex drive. And that was why I was like, you know what, like, if you like, we could do poly and then you could go sleep with other people. And he was like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't think that's a good idea. Like, you know, and then he went and did it anyway. So, um, and then yeah, he came, he came at me, like, it was going to fix all of our issues because like, now he has this other person to have sex with. And I was like, but what?
0: <laughs> Wait, going back to you said you have a lower sex drive in the winter time?
1: Yeah, because of like seasonal depression. Okay. Yeah. So, the the yeah. darkness, it gets to me the cold the cold of the dark. I
0: didn't, I didn't even think of that. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. So maybe you just do seasonal um, monogamy. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> hey man, if it works, it works. Like, yeah. I mean you can
0: you can date with someone for like three months and then you know winter you are be like, all right let's just let's see what's up we're poly in in December
1: yeah yeah I mean if they're open to that I'm open to lots of different arrangements um you know I think it just matters on what works for the people involved seasonal monogamy That's down
0: (laughs) it's either uh, a good idea or a good band name one of these things (laughs) that's a
1: good band name I like it
0: have you, um, so you are, you, you do production. So for mm-hmm. comedians, I always tell people, you know, don't shit where you work. We don't date other comedians. For you, do you have that same, you guys aren't really in the same, I mean, you guys do jobs uh, in a separate way. What, what do you, let me just say, do you date other people in your industry?
1: I also tend to avoid it. I think, um, you know, some of it is like we could end up working together Some of it is, you know, it would be nice for one of us to have a stable career in a relationship. Um, And, you know, I think my work can kind of become my life a little too much as it is. And if I'm dating somebody else who's also working in a similar field, who's really passionate about it and who tends to make that work their life, then I would worry that like we just together would like end up making work our whole life and our, even our relationship.
0: But what about what professions can, or like also, no. know, uh are deal breakers for you are there like for me i used to be a lawyer so i won't date other lawyers i won't date other comedians um mm. are there people are there things that you've had experiences with where you're like i'm not gonna date someone that has a nine to five or i'm not gonna creative
1: um, no, honestly i think the only thing would be probably i wouldn't want to date somebody who works in politics and i mean like on right. the hill sure primarily not like you know just random small like local politics although I don't know like it just it, it that can also be a career where people's jobs take over their lives a lot yeah. and um they might not be around they might not be able to like commit to things um which and I get like that's a problem for me too sometimes like I'll have shoots come up at the last minute and I'll have to cancel plans which I know is less than ideal for somebody that I'm dating and um you know but so it's like if we can avoid having two people with those kinds of jobs where they have last minute stuff coming up and work crazy hours, then I think that's for the best, but I don't really have any other deal breaker careers.
0: Well, I think I think in, in DC, like that's that makes sense. Cause I think a lot mm-hmm. of people are there for that. But I mean, if you're just yeah. talking about people that are on the Hill, you can mm-hmm. still be lobbyists or people that are political adjacent, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it, it just kind of depends on like how much of their life work takes over and also, you know a little bit what what are their political leanings? You know if they're lobbying, like pro cigarettes. As someone who doesn't even date smokers, I'm probably not going to date them. <laughs> but
0: okay. well, what, okay. So now that the we're closing in on this uh, pandemic being over, uh, are you? Do you think you're going to go back on the apps, or have you tried some of the other new apps that are out there, or are you just sticking to parties and?
1: Whatever? I. I I might try some of the newer apps, but then of course with those, there's the problem of adoption and like are there enough people on it to make it worthwhile? But there's some interesting ones, right? Where like your friends can pick for you. There's one for dog owners, you know, there's some interesting ones that I'm open to trying. I think I'd probably avoid a lot of the main ones. Um the other thing is is like I am bisexual and it can be really hard as a woman to meet women. So I have contemplated going back on the apps and just setting it to women only to try to give that like a more serious go because I haven't really dated women. like hooked up with women but i haven't actually like really dated them and so like it would be nice to try to actually date a woman and it's just been really hard to like make that happen for whatever reason
0: when did you discover that you're bisexual
1: oh god i was such a late bloomer on that front like i think i had my first real crush on a girl when i was like 26 and then i was still like oh well that's like an exception you know to the rule um but then i realized maybe when i was like 29 i was like no i think this is actually a thing. So i had like more and more girl crushes and Um, you know, I think it was just partially because it was stigmatized that I had to like really, really like a girl before I would like admit to myself that it was a crush. And like, I had like made out with girls tons when I was younger. (laughs) There's like, like college stereotype, but like, whatever. Um, uh, yeah. So it, I don't know why I was in such denial about it for a long time, but yeah, I was like 29 when I finally was like, okay, I'm bisexual.
0: You, you physically acted upon a crush. Mm -hmm. Okay. Why, what was the shame? Was it because of how you grew up or, or just societal
1: norms yeah i think just societal norms like my parents are pretty liberal although like my dad definitely grew up in a maybe more conservative area and he used to kind of imply that he would be a little bit uncomfortable if i turned out to be a lesbian Um, but he's actually gotten more liberal as he's gotten older which i know is kind of the reverse of the stereotype so now i don't think he'd care Um, and but no it was really mostly just society and me like assuming that i was straight and thinking like oh you know, I don't know if it's okay for me to be attracted to women. Huh.
0: I think I think uh, I have a friend who uh, who did the show uh, who was bisexual, but she predominantly dated men, and then now she's in like a three year relationship with a woman. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know other women who have also like only dated men, and then now they're like marrying other women or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think it's just it's been hard for me to meet other women I mean partially because you don't know right and like how do you ask how do you bring that up how are you like hey are you interested in women because I'm interested in you especially if you don't want to like if they're like your friend or like a friend of your friend and you don't want to make it awkward or things like that it's just like I think it's a little harder uh for yeah (laughs) well
0: I think you came up with the solution I think for you uh my opinion would be you know still do the organic hopes of meeting people in real life which I don't know how that's going to happen. Uh, anymore, not just because of the pandemic, but I also think societal norms are gonna be even further apart where strangers are not gonna
1: approach each other or men aren't approaching women like they used to. Um, Yeah, I don't know though, because like with my show, um, a big part of the reason that it grew so much is because we did like after show hangouts and people like one of the like other pieces of feedback that I kind of incorporated when I was making the show is people missed meeting new people. Now, granted, I don't know if that's true. Everywhere DC is a very transient city. So people are used to constantly meeting new people and, and are the kinds of people who like to constantly meet new people. That may be less true in say like smaller towns or things like that, so where I people maybe don't have as much of an emphasis on that, but- um, in
0: smaller towns, it still happens. But I, for me, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, uh, where all the women I've ever dated, I've met at a bar. Most of the time, my most successful relationships were after midnight, where I met them, uh, and that's me approaching them. It's probably when I had the balls to actually talk to somebody's after I've been drinking. <laughs> but now I think that um, men are not going to do that as much because of the repercussions of you know invading privacy, uh, uh, you know, someone's space or feeling like aggressive when that's kind of frowned upon now. Um, so I think you know, obvious that's still going to happen, um, but for you at least now the things that you didn't like about online dating, if you said it's mm-hmm. just women, you know, you're not going to get the unsolicited.
1: That's true. That's true. Or
0: whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's, I think that's what you do. And then you hope for the organic stuff with men and women. And then you got these like hands and all that's, I think, I, I don't know. I, I'm a big advocate of the apps recently. And I, and I was mm-hmm. the other way around before this show started, you know, five years mm-hmm. ago, I I never would have thought that most of the people I've met dating has been on on um on the apps, but you no. Know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I'll, I I would just say I know like with I, I'm glad that we're talking about consent and sexual harassment and all of that, and um, but I I don't think men should be like more afraid of approaching women. It's 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 about how you approach, right? Like, do you take no for an answer? If you buy them a drink, are you then like expecting something in return? Right. And like those kinds of things. So I think like it's still totally fine to approach a woman and try to strike up a conversation. But if she's clearly not interested, then just back off and go like find someone else to approach. You know, I think most women I know would say like shoot your shot, but like do it respectfully and take no for an answer. Don't make me pretend that I have a boyfriend before you leave me alone.
0: Right. Well, you have a very reasonable approach to what is and is not acceptable. But what I've experienced and and I've told the story on the podcast before where I'm out with my girls, the friends and uh, guys approach them in like the most benign way. And they're so aggressively shooting them down that I'm like, this is a nice guy. You guys Mm -hmm. just talked about how not, you don't like meeting nice, you never meet nice guys. A guy who was very respectable. Came up and just said, "Hey, how was your night tonight?" And then someone shits on their whole ego with like, mm. "In a way, we're whatever." I, and I, and I, to be honest, like I've actually experienced that too. And I'm definitely not disrespectful to anybody. Um, mm. And I just feel like I think that that's gonna you're gonna see more of that, um, mm. especially with actually with germs and, and the and the virus too, where. Yeah. guys will touch someone on on their back be like hey how are you guys doing and then freak people yeah. out un- unknowingly
1: yeah well and I so I would say like if just as like tips like don't touch somebody yeah because that's a consent thing like sure. uh, I didn't really like that never used to bother me until I like because I used to work in the business world a lot and interview a lot of businessmen and they were always touching me and like which sounds weird but just like you know just on the no. small of my back nothing we'll like back, too bad totally but it's it, yeah it adds up. And then like, I didn't kind of realize how much it bothered me until I stopped working so much in the business world. And that didn't happen to me for a long time. And then it d- did again. And then I was like, Oh, why is this person touching me? You know, like it, it, I would say, you know, try to avoid touching them without their permission. Like if you're talking for a while and you're like flirting then cool, like, you know, maybe like, yeah. do like a little thing, but like, you know, just walking up and putting your hand on them right away is going to be potentially drawing, especially after the pandemic, like you said, a hundred percent. I would say the other thing is just like you know I, I, I do get some women might be a little aggressive about shooting people down even when people are respectful but try to remember like some women get hit on a lot and it gets just tiring on its own and I'm not saying don't shoot your shot but just try to not take it personally I guess because it might just be that you know that you might be the fourth person that's hit on her that night right and she's just kind of over it and she yeah, just wants yeah. to be there with her friend or whatever
0: you don't know what they're going through either, you know, especially yeah. now people are, maybe they're in a, it's a, it's a seasonal depression thing too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in December for, in, in Chicago, especially, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Emma, thank you so much for, sorry, I went over time a little bit here. Oh, it's okay. yeah. there, but uh, tell people more about the, uh, on the Game Show of Love and, and how they could find out more about you um, and, and the projects you're involved with.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So the Game Show of Love, you can go to gameshowoflove.com to apply. Um, it's it's super fun, very positive, not like a drama thing. It's not a reality show. It's a game show. We play getting to know you games. So it's very lighthearted. Um, the application is on our website, lots of info on our website. You can also follow us on social media at Game Show of Love. And then we have a Facebook group that's really where our community lives. And it's nice because people go, they post asking for dating advice. They post funny memes, they post interesting articles. So if you want to just chat about dating, come join our Facebook community. And um, if you want to find out more about me and the other work that I do, you can go to sunnysidevr.com. Before the pandemic, I was a virtual reality and video producer. Uh, And I mean, I'm doing more of that again now that things are opening up. But uh, yeah, that's me. Awesome.
0: And for the game shows to be a contestant, are there any limitations like uh, can you be uh, uh, fifty years old and a felon?
1: So I don't ask about people's felony history, um, okay. but and you can be any age as long as you're eighteen and older. We okay. accept any any race, any religion, any sexual orientation, any gender identity. Just you have to be eighteen and older. Um, I mean, we do like interviews and we do like try to screen people for like you know major problems, but um, I yeah I don't ask about people's felony history because I think that's a delicate. <laughs> sure doesn't matter
0: but yeah okay well emma thank you so much for doing the singles only podcast Thanks uh really everyone go check out the game show of love it's a really cool concept uh and i hope it keeps going and growing and growing uh and uh, thank you all for listening to another edition of singles only podcast or watching i don't know what you guys are doing right now uh please review subscribe us tell your friends and see y'all soon